Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. The countdown hits 33 days until opening night. Woo! <laughs> it's really 34 days, though, because opening night, what do you get? Two games, usually? I didn't actually look to see. Maybe I, maybe I should have looked to see if there's more than two games on opening night. Usually, it's two games on the season opener, and then you get that Dolly Womper of a Wednesday coming in. And it is, by the way. It's uh, Sixers, Celtics, and Lakers dubs on opening night. And then Big Wednesday, 12 games. Maybe we should be counting down to October 19th. Maybe we should be counting down to that last weekend before the season starts, because that's mostly when we're all going to be doing our fantasy drafts. Yeah, sure, there are reasons to do it early. There are reasons to do it late. I tend to lean towards doing the drafts late because at least you then have all the injury information. It all comes down with me to how much could something add versus loss. It's the ROI. It's the ROI on any decision we make. Yes, if you draft early, you might be able to get some steals that are otherwise not on the board. However, if you draft early, you might also end up with someone who's injured for the year that isn't injured for the year when you draft them. That is much less likely to happen. So again, there's this whole, like, can I lose my draft by doing something one way versus can I win it another? And like, yeah, Gary Trent was at 130 on Yahoo's first board, and now they moved him up into the 90s. And sure, you lose an opportunity to get a guy who's probably going to be a win. Womp womp. But at least you're not going to probably end up if you're drafting on, you know, October 15th or whatever, you're probably not going to end up with someone who's accidentally injured for the whole damn year. Yesterday on the show, we talked about Yahoo's projection engine. We looked at the top 25, which wasn't all that interesting. There were a handful of names that were super high, largely because they were expected to play in about 95% of their team's games. We also talked at some length about what is even the purpose of the Yahoo projection engine if their own setup favors the cockamamie preseason X-rank board. So today what I want to do, which I think will basically finish up our Yahoo, our look at the Yahoo projections today. I don't even care if they change really because it doesn't matter that much to me. This is what they're putting out there. This is like if everybody has a list a list that's built on some sort of handicapping. This one is that for whoever built it for Yahoo. I don't know who it is. I'll give them this. These numbers are way less insane than the the X ranks. There is actually some... There's a method to their madness here. They have certain guys way too high and certain guys way too low, mostly because of a games played handicap, but also some other stuff mixing it up in there. But what I thought we might do today is take a look at the rest of the Yahoo projections and look at some of the names that they either favor highly or not at all and see if we can't maybe figure out why they feel that way. But first, welcome to the podcast. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. I see a few of you now are starting to trickle in, getting that draft guide I know you're going to love it. Hey, by the way, once you get a draft guide, we still have a Discord available, a Discord server for premium subs. 
But we changed up where some of the stuff is this year. So don't kill me for this. I just need to explain it very quickly. Last season, we had all of our Q&A sessions in Discord, but it became actually kind of difficult because not everybody that has a subscription wants to get a Discord app. Fine, fair enough. You don't all have to do it. So we're moving Q&As back into the Sports Ethos forums this year, which everybody has access to because it's just a damn URL. It's a website. The Q&As will be behind a paywall, so you'll just have to look at things that are for premium subscribers. Only you, subs, will have access to them. In Discord, there is still one very, I think actually really cool, extra bonus. Discord is going to have instant feedback chat rooms, basically. It's not a pro Q&A, but just as an example, I have one. You guys know I do my quick hits on Twitter, I do tweet storms, things like that. This will be where those go before they go out to the public. So it's stuff that will eventually go to the public, but it'll go to subscribers first. It's called the Bespris Deep Thoughts thread. There's a Brewski Very Premium Thoughts thread, an Eric Ong Instant Reactions thread, a Panda's Delicious Brain Stuffs thread, a Vitovich Instant Feedback thread. So we got all of our top agents here at Sports Ethos with instant feedback threads in the Fantasy Premium section on Discord, where you can get thoughts as things occur. You don't have to wait for an article. You don't have to wait for the podcast. You don't have to ask your Q&A and then wait for the pro to actually have their their office hours or whatever. This is the fastest way. But it's no longer the only way to get in touch with the pros. We've expanded that access to make it so that everybody can get access to our best pros here. Go get a Fantasy Pass and a Draft Guide now. Draft Guide, obviously, the access ends on opening night. Fantasy Pass, that'll last for six months from when you sign up. So let's again look over at those Yahoo projections because we did the top 25, but most of the really interesting stuff actually occurs outside the top 25. And you can also look at how it compares to their own preseason rank board and how they really, I mean, there are times where they run in conjunction, but there are a lot of times where they don't. And right off the bat, the very first name on the second page, meaning the second 25 names here, if you're because Yahoo displays 25 at a time. Scotty Barnes is number 26 in their own setup, even though they've got his X rank at 47. So why do we think Scotty Barnes is so high on the projection engine? Well, they've got his field goal percent at 51.5. they got his free throw percent at 74. So if you're looking back at, you know, how does this compare to prior iterations of Barnes, it's a slight bump up in both. It's a slight bump up in both. Three-pointers stayed almost exactly the same. He goes from 0.8 to about 1 per game. And just sort of a general elevation of most of what he's doing. You end up with closer to, you know, 1.4-ish steals per game, like 0.8 blocks. So a bump up in steals, a bump up in, eh, not really blocks, a bump up in scoring, a bump up in free throw, a bump up in field goal percent. So they got everything trending in that right direction. But again, one of the biggest things here And to Barnes' credit, he did play in 74 out of 82 games last year. They've got him playing in 77 this season. So sure, I'm a fan. I like Scotty Barnes. He had a great year. There's no reason to dislike it. He was number 66 on a per-game basis. 74 games, that gave him an elevation there. Bumped up to number 45. Going from 45 to 25 is a really big jump. You got to clear a whole bunch of hurdles there. But they're pushing him up closer to 20 points per game. Not quite. 
you know, more like 17-ish. But his role is being increased in almost every respect. And the question, I guess, is if his role really is going up, do we see percentages follow? And I'm a bit skeptical on that one. Although getting him, you know, near 50, where that X rank is, is a much more reasonable spot. Uh, Terry Rozier, they've got at 28. So maybe we should just continue to hope that his X rank stays in the 50s. They've been, that, that thing's been on the fly ever since that came out. Rozier was what, in the 60s or 70s to start again? So they've moved out in the right direction. And I, again, there's really no reason to disagree with it. Uh, there are even fewer options around him in Charlotte this year than there were last season. One of the players in this first chunk here that the Yahoo board is somewhat low on, and I'm trying to go in numerical order, is the king, LeBron James, who Yahoo has listed at number 31 for this coming year. What you might remember from this last season is that LeBron had, by all accounts, I mean, honestly, one of his greatest fantasy seasons to date he was number four per game free throw percent was back up where it's not a total disruptor to your team it's not good but he's so good in scoring field goal percent and then well above average in threes boards assists steals blocks terrific year injuries were a big deal he missed 26 games this last season I know what you're thinking, Dan, we've talked about this enough for me to know that even missing 26 games, if your per-game mark is that high, your totals mark is still going to be pretty good. And lo and behold, LeBron was at number 16 by totals, playing in just 56 ballgames. So I do wonder a little bit how Yahoo's looked at what they have here, and they've said to themselves, oh, not only does LeBron actually play in, I think they got him at 65 games, nine additional games this year, which is a huge jump in the right direction. But we're also moving him down almost 15 slots. How does any of this make sense? So then you got to get into some of the other numbers. All right, they've got him at 2.9 three-pointers per game, which is exactly what he was at last year. Okay, let's keep digging. Is there some other reason that they've moved him around this much? Uh, okay, we'll look at points. 27.5 points per game? Yeah, it's a little dip off of 30. 2.5 points down? Okay, slight downward adjustment, but not a backbreaking number. Is it rebounds? Is that where we've got things peeled off here? 7.7 boards per game? Well, he was at 8.2, so, yeah, you know, a little bit there. But again, not a massive deal. Assists, it's funny, they actually gave me the exact same number of assists and rebounds. So they've actually bumped his assists up from 6.2 back to 7.7. So that would actually cover whatever losses we just talked about in the other two categories. So where is it? He's still over a steal per game. They did shave his blocks down to about 0.6 instead of over 1, and that's a pretty big deal, I suppose. Have they changed the field goal percent considerably? Yes, they've turned it down by 3%. They've turned free throw down by 3%. Oh, now I see. So by counting numbers, they actually have LeBron, I might argue, taking a tiny step forward, or at the very worst, kind of staying the same, thanks to a nice assist bounce. They also have him playing nine additional games. So to have him here at number 31 just doesn't make any sense. That tells me that a bunch of guys in front of him 
they've gone way over their skis with. Is LeBron going to get to number 12? I don't know. I mean, if he plays in 65 games, there's a pretty damn good chance he does. But he might not play in 65 games. I think it's going to come down to how good the Lakers team is around him. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Next player on the Yahoo projections board that's kind of, and I think maybe the best way to look at this is guys who are nowhere near their X rank is Devin Vassell, who they have inside the top 40. Remember we talked about this yesterday or a couple days ago how his projection didn't come anywhere near matching his X rank. And yeah, it's it's really far apart. And I think I even said on that show, boy, by running the numbers here, you'd think they'd have him inside the top 50. Well, they do. <laughs> so just kind of eyeballing the numbers. Yeah, I got one part of that very wrong, which was looking at the X rank instead of the actual projection line. Uh, but otherwise, they do have him inside the top 50. And if he does continue to go back in that 7th, 8th round range he has a chance to be a really interesting play. I don't fully disagree with the Devin Vassell love. I think, you know, if we're going to line the Spurs up here, perhaps there's a way to, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how we might be able to preserve some of the value on him if indeed folks are going to be using this type of list. He feels like a hype guy to me. I think a lot of Spurs guys might fall into that category just because there's a massive usage vacuum there. But look, last year... Ten and a half shots per game, he was inside the top 95. It's pretty easy for him on a per-game basis to make a two- to three-round jump just with a little extra usage. And then you're just wondering, okay, how many games they actually let this dude play in a tank season? That's the fear on the head-to-head side. That's maybe not quite as large on the roto side. Keep on moving. Kyrie Irving, they've got all the way down at number 43 because they've got him playing in only 58 ball games, which even by Kyrie's standards feels pretty dang low. It's very possible, because it's not like he hasn't done it before. But when you look at his history in 82-game seasons, and yeah, I mean, early in his career, he wasn't taking off a couple weeks at a time for just sort of being. Uh, But if you look more recently, outside of injury stuff, and the exceptionally odd, like he played in 54 games, not this most recent season with with the vaccine stuff, but the previous one, but that was out of 72. In his last season in Boston, it was 67 out of 82. And the year before that, it was 60 out of 82. In Cleveland, it was 72 out of 82. The year before that, 
And then, you know, you had the couple of weird ones. You had the first one in Brooklyn where everybody was just taking the year off. You had this most recent one with the vaccine. Yeah, all that stuff is very much built into the Kyrie Irving situation. But if you go back to last year where Kyrie played, not last, last last year, not this most recent one, where he played in 54 out of 72 ball games, and we think that that's kind of the target for this year, Kyrie was actually number three per game that season. Missing 18 games, barely moved around the board at all. At all, He was number six by totals that year. So I get it. Taking Kyrie at the beginning of the second round is a damn roll of the dice if you have some other options there of guys that you think actually want to show up and play basketball every day. But it just does, it feels to me like there's a little bit of a prove-it thing going on with him this season. 58 feels kind of on the low side. And then how bad would he have to be in 58 games to be in the 40s by totals the answer is basically Jalen Brown last uh two years ago if we're looking at the same board as the last time Kyrie was involved or we can look at this most recent season just make it something that's a little bit tighter to us uh there wasn't really anybody all that close but Kristaps Porzingis is kind of your nearest barometer he was 51 games at a second round rate and he was number 51 by totals on the other side, Jimmy Butler played in 57 games. And I guess if Kyrie, they've got it 58, maybe that's the right way to do it. Jimmy Butler played in 57 games. And by totals, he was number 32. But on a per-game basis, he was number 15. Kyrie feels almost a lock to be better than that per game. But even if he's not, putting up Butler numbers in 57 or 58 games would still have him in the third round and not the fourth. So they're petrified of Kyrie Irving, and they are way too petrified here, but it doesn't really matter because the X rank is so high, he'll go sooner. Uh, Herb Jones, they've got him at number 45, but a lot of that's because they got him playing in 80 ball games. They can pretty much leave it at that. Tons of steals, a lot of games played. Gary Trent, they've got back in the 40s, no big surprise there. Pretty good opportunity for him to kind of replicate season over season, so no huge surprise. Moving on to the next page on the Yahoo projections, we'll just keep looking for names that sort of jump out. John Morant, they've got all the way down at 52, so the projection engine actually got that one a little bit closer to right. Uh, Keldon Johnson at 51 in 76 ball games. Based on 76 games, that's probably an undershot for him. But, you know, again, sort of depends on... I don't think he gets anywhere near 76 games played. I do think he's better per game than they have him, but whatever. You know, at this point, a round and a half, two rounds away from the number is actually not that big of a swing. One very large swing is Dorian Finney-Smith, who the Yahoo projections put at number 55 by totals, 79 ball games. So yes, that's a really big reason why. And if you're looking back at last season, this is a big deal. If you're trying to get an idea of what that means for him, ranking-wise, on a per-game basis, Franz Wagner played in 79 games out of 82, and he was number 55 by totals. But Wagner, on a per-game basis, was 103. So this one looks crazy, but they're basically saying that Dorian Finney-Smith is a top 100 per game play that plays in almost every single ball game. This is a tip now. We'll take let's put a very 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 brief pin 
in our discussion of these names that don't match the X rank board on the Yahoo projection side and just point out that at this point, if you see someone listed with a games played number over 76, don't put as much stock in their projection. Because right now, it's really easy to be a durable player that claws into the top, into that, like, well, look, Dorian Finney-Smith got to 55, but it's really easy to be a durable player that gets inside the top 75 range, or like 70 to 100. All you got to do is play in a bunch of games. You don't even have to be all that great. So what you should be looking for here, if you're sort of sizing up Yahoo's expectations, is... Who are the guys that aren't expected to play in every ball game and differ typically in the positive direction from the X rank? So a couple of examples that could kind of float in different directions. Buddy Heald, they've got playing in 81 ball games, so they actually don't think all that highly of him. Okay, we don't have to really worry about that. What if we keep moving down the board? Alper and Shengun, they've got playing in 76 games. They've got him ranked 63. So I actually don't think he's going to be that amazing per game, even though you look at it like, oh, 63, that seems pretty good. Mo Bamba they still like, 65 by totals in 73 ball games played. That's not too bad. So there's one that has a little bit of leg to it. OG Ananobi they have missing 15 games this year, sitting at number 67, so they actually have him underperforming their X-rank mark. And then they've got two durability wins in Cam Johnson and DeAnthony Melton, who are X-ranked outside the top 135, but at 74 and 75 by projections. A couple other names to take note of. They do seem to like our guy Brandon Clark. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but his X-rank is still at 97, so there is a little bit of value preserved there. They've got Chuma Okiki at 82 and playing in 74 ball games, so I think they're assuming Jonathan Isaac is still lost in the wind somewhere. Al Horford at 81 in just 67 ball games played is actually kind of a positive marker on him because they think he's going to get inside the top 85 without having to play in a ton of basketball games. There's a chance I think he could even go higher than that. Yusuf Nurkic, they've got at 89 in only 64 ball games, so on a roto side, that's not bad. Michael Porter Jr. in only 60 games, they have inside the top 100. But I don't know. He's one that I continue to look at because of his 66 X rank and think, eh, like, do we really need to? Do we really need to? I don't know. Are there any other guys that are set to violently underperform? Brandon Ingram is an interesting one. They have his projection at 95. 71 ball game, so it's not about a ton of missed games here. They just don't think he's going to be all that great, and I'm actually kind of inclined to agree with them. Zion, they've only got playing 65 games and underperforming. Not a massive surprise there either. And as we cruise into the hundreds, Clay Thompson, they think his totals number is going to be lower because of a games played issue. Josh Giddy, they think he's going to just not be anywhere near his X rank, which, again, I'm inclined to agree with. So as far as these projections go, the overall feel is that they are much more accurate than the X-rank column, but there's still a lot of stuff that we can find fault with. A ton of that has to do with their games played guessing. I mean, it's, it's straight guessing for a lot of these guys. 
Like Cal Lowry playing in 69 games, which is going to be probably around league average this year if it's anything like the last couple. And they got him at 114. I don't know. He's behind Tim Hardaway Jr. Isaiah Jackson they've got down at 125. These are guys that are getting a lot of buzz. And I do wonder if they will adjust some of those numbers and names up the board a little bit later. I think it's also worth noting, as we start to move towards the conclusion of this Yahoo projection breakdown, and then back into tomorrow's show, which will be another mock draft, by the way. We're going to get that going. Uh, I think I want to drop into a public mock for this, just to see if folks are starting to pick up on any of the changes going on. But I would argue that looking at these names and numbers today, together, the number of players that the Yahoo internal system views as huge wins against their own board is really limited. And we can probably just rattle them off because it's some from yesterday and some from today. They really like Robert Williams more than his X rank, which I kind of do too. They love Desmond Bain against his X rank. I can't say that I'm quite that bullish there. They love Mikael Bridges to stay extremely durable again, and I guess until we see anything otherwise, we should probably agree with them. They like Scotty Barnes quite a lot. Uh, oh, forgot to mention that they have a weird thing for Bam Adebayo and Anthony Edwards, although it's not that severe, but it's something. They like Vooch a little bit, too. A little bit. Um, they really like Devin Vassell, who we mentioned earlier on in today's show. They really like Herb Jones. They like Gary Trent a pretty good amount. Love Dorian Finney-Smith, for whatever reason, just to take a big offensive leap forward this year. Uh, and they like Mobamba a little. And then Cam Johnson and DeAnthony Melton. But now, you, again, you're starting to get into kind of the, are these guys really better than streamers who play every single ball game? And who do they not like at all? from the Yahoo projection engine. We can kind of go back and, and recircle around on that one. They don't like, believe it or not, the player in the front end of this draft that the Yahoo projection system dislikes the most is Trey Young. And it's really not close. His X rank is 4, and his projection rank is 20. That's a huge drop-off. I wonder if those numbers start to come together a little bit, start to nuzzle up. In that second chunk, LeBron was one that they really don't like. Kyrie was one that they really don't like. Darius Garland, not surprisingly. Donovan Mitchell, not surprisingly. But the, those X ranks will get shifted down in this kind of post-trade thing going on. Uh, not huge fans of DeMar DeRozan, who we didn't really talk about, but his X rank is too high right now anyway. Uh, not huge fans of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. There is a fear of the tank in that one. Not at all fans of John Morant. A little bit bearish on Zach Levine. That was kind of the big ones from the earlier names. There's some other stuff that's floating around where you're like, all right, well, they don't think Yusuf Nurkic is going to play in that many ball games, and Michael Porter Jr. is not going to play much. Brandon Ingram and Zion were the other two that we just mentioned uh, just a, you know four or five minutes back. And Josh Giddy, Sorry, throw him in there as well. 
They are also somewhat low, just to throw a few other names that we didn't actually get this far down the board. They are low on Tyler Hero, Wendell Carter Jr., D'Angelo uh, Russell, excuse me, uh, Christian Wood, Julius Randle are guys that are in kind of their doghouse, and Draymond Green, who I've already said I'm fading this year. How do I feel about some of those other names that I said they're down on? Well, you know, it's a mix. I agree. I think Jay, I think Giddy's going too high. I think Hero will probably be better than where they've got him at 107, but he's not a guy that I'm stretching for. Wendell Carter Jr. will probably be better when the, than where they've got him at 112. Christian Wood will likely be better than 121. Randall might even be better than 123, but I'm not targeting him. I'm not really targeting any of those guys. But, like, if you need to take Wendell Carter Jr. or Tyler Hero in the 80s, I have no problem with that. They'll be fine. It's weird that these are the guys that Yahoo decided to kind of single out as the ones that they really don't want to take. Some of the others, though, I do agree. And overall, their projections are better than their X rank, which is, like, a roly-poly could climb over that bar. Shout-out to roly-polies on... Uh, today's show is that the same as a potato bug i feel like people have referred to it it's not right no potato bug is different what's the actual what's the actual insect name for a roly-poly i think that might just be what it's called holy moly armadillidae armadillidae dillidae armadillidae Oh, man. Uh, other common names include slaters, potato bugs, and doodle bugs. All right, so maybe there is an overlap there. Okay, strange, strange turn here towards the end of today's podcast. But whatever, that's what we do here on Fantasy NBA Today. We get weird. Tomorrow, we'll break down a mock draft, or we'll at least start one. Uh, and then Monday, we'll check in again, do it all over again. I want to make sure we're always right up to date on everything going on here as we get ready for draft season it is right around the corner i didn't even hit you with a bunch of promo today just a little bit at the front end what i will say here at the end is please if you're new to the pod follow me on twitter at dan Bespris. if you're enjoying the show this is a time that new listeners show up follow me and drop a five-star review it's how we continue to grow it's how we end up kind of moving up the itunes board so more folks can find us um and this podcast Look, I want everything to go really great for us at Sports Ethos, but this podcast is like my weird electronic vocal baby. Uh, and so, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm going to be a little bit selfish about it. So thank you, everyone, again, for making this just an unreal offseason in terms of listenership. I can't believe it. And it makes it a lot easier to come on and do shows when I know folks are out there grinding away with us. So thank you again for having a blast. Well on our way, as I've said, to being the biggest September in this show's history. The question, as always, will be, how big? Keep joining us. Keep retweeting whatever you can do to help spread the word. I love you. I thank you. Mock draft tomorrow. I'll talk to you guys on Twitter. You can hit me with questions now. We're into that time of year. At Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Until tomorrow. We'll
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.